Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. The Chattanooga soccer team just wrapped up the 2020 season. The best season in program history as the Mox reached the semifinals of the Southern Conference Tournament, falling in the final three minutes of the semifinals against Furman. This week on Mox on the Mic, we're going to visit with the Southern Conference's Coach of the Year and Gavin McKinney and senior center back Lauren Dzuski. Lauren is from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and was recently named second team All-Southern Conference. Here's Lauren Dzuski. I know it didn't end the way that you wanted it to, but you have to be proud. A best finish in program history. What's that mean to you? Oh, definitely. Um, last senior year, it was great to end. Even if it wasn't going to the finals, it was great to end at least third. So um, definitely proud of the team. Definitely proud of how I ended my senior year. You go back to 2019. You guys had nine shutouts that mm-hmm. year. This year, you you guys, again, were incredible defensively. Do you feel like what you did this year was just kind of a continuation of – what you guys were able to do defensively in 2019? Uh, Definitely. I feel like we got more comfortable in the positions that we were playing. Uh, Me personally just started playing center back last year, 2019 season. Um, So I feel like I got a lot more comfortable this season as well. So that definitely helped towards uh, our our defensive tactics. So, yeah. Tell us about that move for you to center back. What was the adjustment like? Um, the adjustment was a big, big jump. I was not expecting him to make that transition with me, but I went from center mid to striker to outside mid, uh, you name it. And then last minute moved me to center back. And I don't think I've ever felt more comfortable in a position thus far. So, yeah. The two overtime draw that you guys had against Samford to open the uh, Southern Conference portion of the schedule. Was that a big confidence builder for you guys, knowing you just went head-to-head with a team that had won, I don't know, what is it, five, six, seven, whatever the number is, consecutive mm-hmm. Southern Conference titles, but for you guys to play them as well as you did? Oh, definitely. Um, starting starting off with playing them for the season was also a great confidence boost as well. So we were already pretty excited to get the season starting. So having them as our opener was even better. Um Wish we could have met them again in the final, but hopefully next year they'll beat them. Break that the, streak. The semifinal game against Furman, it was set to be played on a Saturday. It ended up having to be moved another day to Sunday. Did that affect you guys any at all when something like that happens? Does it, does it, you're set, you're ready to play, you think it's going to happen, and then it doesn't? Does that kind of throw you off a little bit? Uh, Yes and no. We were pretty ready to play that night, but uh, we knew that come the morning we'd be even even more excited to play them and even more wrathful to play them as well since we were so ready. Um, and they were they were the side that really wanted to push for the next day, and so that made us want to play them even more. So, um, yeah. Overall, how different was this year for you guys compared to a typical? soccer season let's say 2018 2019 for you how different was this this year with with the pandemic and everything that had gone on this year was significantly different but um having that said i feel like covid really brought our team a lot closer um 
and it being my senior year, I felt a lot more nostalgic playing this season as well. Um, so I'd say our, our, our team is very close knit, which was great to have. Has it, you're a senior, mm-hmm. has it hit you yet that you just played your last soccer game in a Chattanooga uniform? Uh, yeah, it hit me right as the clock ticked down to zero, actually. I was quite a mess on the field, but um, as time's gone on, I've realized that I did the best I could and left it all on the field as my, for my last game and have no regrets. What's your future? Um, as of right now, it's a lot, lot of up in the air, but I'd like to play soccer um, maybe just for fun, um, maybe give back to the soccer community through coaching. Uh, you name it. Now you're originally from Canada, right? Yeah. We, do you plan to stay in the States or do you plan to go back home? Uh, another question that's up in the air currently. <laughs> um, I got little time to figure that out, but it would be, it'd be awesome to stay in the States if I could. So that's definitely top priority right now. Give us your best memory from this season. When you think back on this year, what stands out the most to you? Um, let's see. Best memory would probably be the bus rides. Um, coming up with this weird bark trend. <laughs> uh, we'd start barking to hype each other up. Weird, but it, it works. Can, so. can you give us an example? Uh, <laughs> maybe ask Grace Klippenstein for that next year. She'll be able to give you an example. All right, I'm making a note of that. Now, before we let you go, I got to ask, there's a Freddie Mercury poster on the wall behind you. Is that yours? It is mine. Yeah, I got two Queen posters. I really liked Queen. So, where did that come from? Now, were you a fan before the movie, or or did you get introduced to Queen because of the the Freddie Mercury movie? Um, I I've liked old. I'm an old old music girl. So I guess my dad taught me the ways of the the music back then, and I kind of stuck with it ever since. So, oh, uh, your your yeah. dad. Uh, you you got a good dad then. Definitely old. Uh, so yeah, Elton John, Queen, Journey, you name it. <laughs> Favorite Queen song? Um, another one bites the dust. Can't go wrong. Can't yeah. go wrong. Lauren, thank you so much for giving us some time. All right, thank you for having me. Gavin McKinney is in his fifth season at UTC. His mocks just had their best season in program history. We're joined by the current Southern Conference Coach of the Year. Well, first off, Coach, congratulations on the uh, Southern Conference Coach of the Year nod. That's uh, It's got to be a pretty nice piece of hardware to hang up, isn't it? Yeah, it is nice, but I've, I've said it to, to just about everyone who's congratulated me that that's 100% a team award. It's a, it's a good team and a really good staff. So I think everybody knows that when you have success in life, it's because you have really good people around you. You seem like you knew back when we talked before this season even started. Heck, it might have been going back to the fall. You thought you had some some nice uh, groundwork that had been laid coming into this year. Did they live up to your expectations? Yeah, they, they certainly lived up to, to our expectations as a staff. Um, and I think it's, it's pretty simple for us. We want the kids to turn up every day, work as hard as possible to, to improve themselves and improve the team, treat one another well so they have that camaraderie and that team spirit. And, um, and then the results should take care of themselves. And this group did that without a doubt. So they, if you just watched us play, you could see the fight that the group had. And 
I think a group that uh, fights together on the pitch usually cares about each other off the field because the, the two tie in together. So, um, so yeah, they, they were a fantastic group to have. They, they were a true team in, in every sense of the word. You know, I asked Lauren a moment ago about that conference opener against Samford and you play them to a draw and in, in double overtime. Was that a game where you come out of it thinking that, hey, we've got a chance to be – we just went toe-to-toe with a team that is the perennial tops in the conference. We've got a chance to be pretty good. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And, and I think it gave the, the squad confidence, too, going going forward. So you, you have to open up against the six-time league champions after only having one non-league game to prepare. You, you don't quite 100% know what to expect. And um, the fact that, yeah, we, we dug in, we fought, um, we had moments of quality where we opened them up once or twice, um, I thought, yeah, 100%, we, we said, okay, we, we've gotten a good result in that first one, and let's continue to keep it rolling, which, which we did. Defensively, you guys were tremendous again this season. Back in 2019, you had nine shutouts. It felt like you kind of continued that type of play going into this year. A little bit about your philosophy defensively and, and kind of what you want to see on the pitch. Yeah, I think it's it's a collective thing, right? So um, if for us, it's the strikers uh, and the whole way back to the goalkeeper. Everybody plays their part when we don't have the football. Um, when we initially lose it, we want them to show great energy to press, to win it back straight away so we can regain possession. But then in the moments when, when our opponent has the ball um, and they come out of that initial press, we expect everybody to work as a group to get behind the football, to push it into areas we want and attempt to win it back again. Um, and they take to that very, very well. They take the instruction out of possession um, phenomenally well. It's about collective work and desire and hunger to, to help your team when you're under pressure. And um, they, they certainly buy into that. And because of it, like you mentioned, nine clean sheets back in 2019, and we continued on with that this season. And look, if, if, you, if you do a good job when you don't have the ball, you, you'll be in every single game you play in. Um, and I think we've proven that. I want to go back to the final regular season game against VMI. You guys get the 2-0 win. How big was it to know that you guys had locked up one of those top four spots and that you were going to get a chance to play it at least one more time this year? Yeah, look, playing at VMI is always difficult, never mind on the, the last day of the regular season when you have seniors who it's their, their last home game there. So it's a tough, tough place to play. Um, but yeah, we did what we needed to do once again. You know, we kept that clean sheet and we found two really good goals. Emily one, Chloe the other. And uh, the girls were delighted with that. And it sealed up third place for us, which is the best uh, conference finish in program history. And yeah, it put us into that top four, which was important. And look, um, at the end of it there, there was, um, there was four teams in it. Um, who worked extremely hard and there was, there was not much room for error throughout the season. And I think it was, um, it, it came down to that final day for a couple of those teams for, for Mercer and UNCG in particular, who was going to get into that final four. But um, yeah, we, we were happy with the group and we got ourselves in there with the chance. Unfortunately, it didn't end the way we wanted it to against Furman, but it wasn't through lack of effort and, um, and playing well, that's for sure. 
Yeah, let's let's get to that. The the semifinal matchup against uh, against Furman. You mentioned that it didn't go the way you wanted it to, but you guys took them literally down to the wire. I mean, it was within what the final three minutes uh, before they scored the scored the the lone goal. Yeah, it was. So it was it was late on in the game and throughout the match, and even after they scored, we we had opportunities um, to score ourselves. So a really even game throughout. Um, yeah, and look, it's I mentioned it before. We the, the girls fought so hard throughout that ninety. They they battled. They they left everything on the pitch for one another. And uh, you're playing against an unbeaten Furman team. I think they're currently nineteen in the RPI, so top twenty five program this year. Um, yeah, and Furman is is one of those along with Sanford, the perennial powers in the Southern Conference. And I think we've closed the gap against those sides and. The key for us now is to sustain what we've done and continue to drive the program forward, but really proud of the girls' effort in that semifinal. I don't want to move on too quickly from this season because obviously, I mean, this this was a special year, but um, before we do that, I, I do want to talk a little bit about what is to come. Before we get there, though, I've got to ask you, you know, about these seniors. We, we talked with Lauren Duzuski just a few minutes ago, uh, she's obviously been a big part of what you guys have done. Uh, Chloe Arnold led you in in scoring this year. Um, this is a pretty good group. Uh, Emily Samansky is is a part of this senior class. You've had a um, a really good group that have look they they went through some tough times here early on to get to this point of, of where they were able to finish just your thoughts on, on this group of seniors. Yeah, look, so th those three names you mentioned, they, they were here from 2017 also obviously joined later, but yeah, they, they saw firsthand the um, where the program was in those early struggles into where it is now. So they should feel a great sense of uh, pride in, in what we've done. And they've been a huge part of that. Um, each of them has improved along the way. Lauren, just coming off of her, her best season for us, in my opinion. She was an all-conference player. That's the first time she's been given a postseason award. She did it as a central defender. Her first two years, she didn't play in that position for us. So um, we converted her into a center back going into her junior year, and we're extremely glad we did. She's been fantastic. She's an important player, not only on the field, but off the field. Her teammates love her. Um, she had a little Instagram post there to thank the program um, after that final game and the responses from her teammates were all phenomenal, you know, so uh, they, they love Lauren and she's meant a lot to the program. Chloe, um, you mentioned uh, all conference again this year, scored over 20 goals in her collegiate career, which is phenomenal. Um, what, what a player for us from her freshman year on was the Southern Conference freshman of the year. I think the, the only one we've had in program history. So an amazing career and another uh, great player on the field, but also person off the field and within the team as well. Um, and Emily was similar, you know, she um, similar to Lauren in regards to working her way into the team over time. Um, and she came up big for us over the last few years. She's the one that scored that opening goal against um, BMI uh, to put us up one nil. We were down one nil against Western Carolina. Emily equalized. So she played a huge role this season um, for us and, and we're delighted that she progressed her career along the way. And also was the other senior and she joined us late from the University of Memphis, but during our, our time here, during her time here, she, she definitely had an impact on the program um, on the field. Her teammates love her off the field as well, which is the 
common thing you could say about this senior group. They're going to be really, really missed by their teammates. They're a well-liked group. They've galvanized and uh, brought the young ones together. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll miss all of those guys. They were, yeah, they were great members of this program. And for them, it should be special because they're part of history now, um, being a part of the, the group that had the highest finish in, in Southern Conference history. And um, hopefully, hopefully these young ones now can, uh, can break that record um, and continue that on for us. Let's talk about some of those young ones now. You've got, you're losing one of your defensive centerpieces in in Lauren Dzuski, your leading goal scorer in in Chloe Arnold, and and you've talked about kind of the leadership and just what that group meant to Chattanooga soccer. Uh, tell us who's going to step in and fill those roles now, uh, because you guys are going to be back on the pitch again quickly. It's a quick turnaround. Such a quick turnaround. So we're looking at three and a half months um, and then we're back in for that August camp. So unheard of for us to play. And look, it wasn't a full 20 game schedule here in the spring. It was condensed, but it's still a season and it's high stress and it's competitive. And uh, we're about to turn right back around in in August and do it all over again in a 20 game season. But yeah, we're excited for it. We we do lose key players, like you said, but we have young ones um, who, when they were given their opportunities, this season played phenomenally well. I'll use the example of Grace Klippenstein. Um, against VMI, we were without Maggie Shaw, who ended up being the Southern Conference Defensive Player of the Year. She picked up an ankle injury against UNCG, so Grace had to step in and play in that back three for us. And she was fantastic on the day. So to step into that tough environment at VMI and help us keep a clean sheet, that really bodes well for the future. We preach team to them all the time, and we think we're a deep squad and it's competitive all over the park. So it's just chances for other players to step up um, who we currently have. So they need to go away this summer and obviously recover and get themselves right, but then they need to ramp up and work hard so they come into that August camp ready to go. And on top of our returning Returning group of players, we've got a good group of freshmen coming in who are definitely going to adapt and make us better in certain areas as well. So we're, we're excited for the fall. Yeah, you talk about that quick turnaround. Can you tell us a little bit about what the schedule is going to look like? Yeah, so they think the report date is August 3rd for them. And then that following week, we get right into, right into our preseason. But then we go into... Um, then we go into that non-league portion, which is really difficult. And we've got a few power fives in that non-league portion um, and some really competitive uh, conference games from regional regional Division One opponents. And then we get into that Southern Conference play, which is always tough. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a quick, hard kind of two months, as it always is. And to get through that competitively and be there at the end in that semifinals where we were and hopefully pushing on. You need to have depth in your squad, right? Because it's a lot of games in, in a short period. And we feel, we feel we've built that. Um, and again, we, we should be ready for it. What's the schedule like for you guys between now and that August 3rd report date? How much are you able to or are you able uh, to work with, with your squad any between now and then? Yeah, unfortunately... Uh, when they when they break here after finals, the coaching staff doesn't get to do any work with them up until they report back in August 3rd. So I know football does get some coachable hours and basketball gets some coachable hours, but soccer is a sport that doesn't get any any hours with the student athletes. Um, they can go in and do work with our strength staff and, and our fitness coaches, um, but they cannot do work with uh, myself or Martin throughout the summer. 
Um, so it's, it's up to them to put themselves in a playing environment. And there's a lot of playing options for them in the summertime so they can continue to progress um, or to be doing fitness and be in the weight room. So they're getting themselves physically uh, ready for that August through October leading into November that season. So, um, so yeah, so it's going to be up to them for, for a three month period on how they develop. We'll give them the tools that they, they need to in regards to workout packages and things of that nature. But no, we, we unfortunately don't get them here. So we'll see them. We gave them the week off being that we just got knocked out. So they've got some optional weights and then next Monday and Tuesday, we'll train with the returning players. But then a week after that, they've got finals. So we've got to shut it down. So we'll see them a couple more times here and then uh, meet with them over Zoom throughout the summer just so we see their faces. But in regards to the development and the soccer side of it, that's that's going to be up to them and their inner drive. What's your favorite memory of this season? What will you take away uh, from this year that, that you don't think you'll ever forget? I just think the group was so enjoyable to be around. So I think every day at training, it, it felt fun, you know, and that's like, and that's the way it should always be. So for me as a coach, I, I love the training and there is an intense side to me. And, and typically I'm all business when I'm out there because I want to push and challenge the players. But I always felt the, the mood was positive. And, and that's a phenomenal thing to be around because look, we, I mentioned how far the program's come and, when we first came in, sometimes you, you didn't get that feel. And obviously maybe that's in part due to results you're getting. And when you lose, it can kind of start snowballing on you. And people can get a little bit negative and start to lose confidence and things along those nature. And that affects the mood of the camp. Right. But um, even before we got into games, this group, they just had a really positive vibe to them and um, enjoyable to be around. So I, I just think the everyday, the day to day training, the group going into games on the weekends, fantastic um, group of individuals and, and we'll miss working with them. Coach, once again, congratulations on the season. Congratulations on being the Southern Conference's Coach of the Year. And Ben, I look forward to, uh, look, we're going to do this again about July and uh, we got a lot more to talk about uh, come then and, and the start of a new season. So I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be here before we know it. Thanks to Coach McKinney and Lauren Dzuski. Looking forward to seeing the Mox back on the pitch again this fall. For our producer, Tate Johnson, I'm Chris Goforth saying so long and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.